G'day trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with Ashley Drew and Daniel Ferugia. Put your headphones on, put your shoes on, and let's go running. G'day trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I'm Daniel and this is Ashley Drew. How are we going Howdy. today, Ash? I'm going well today. Well today, no pain today, which is good. Yes, yes. You had treatment, was it yesterday or the day before? I had uh, treatment on Monday, um, in hospital treatment on Monday. They moved uh, the injection site because I've had 55 injections in the one spot now and um, there's significant scarring, so they've had to pick um, what they refer to as a B site. A B site's not as good as an A site. And uh, it's a lot more painful, so uh, yep. I don't look, I don't look forward to a C site. Let's go with that. No, but hopefully we'll stick with the B site for you know fifty odd injections and see what happens after that. Wow, yeah. So that usually knocks you around for a few days, doesn't it? Once you've had your treatment. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, I was surprised this morning at at how well I ran this morning. Um, at five k's, I thought I'd well and truly had enough, but I, I walked for a couple of hundred metres and then um, I felt okay again, and, and so I pumped out another 5K. Changed my music. So, yeah, that helps. So you did yeah. 10Ks this morning? I did 10Ks this morning in the underground yeah. car park. Yeah, you do that. Is that because it was raining? That's because it was hammering down. Cats and dogs. Yeah. Yep. Um, has that got elevation? Is it like, do you go up, is it like a multi-storey or anything, or do you just go around in circles? No, I just go round and round in circles. It's about a 400-metre loop. Um, yeah. It's pretty much dead flat. You can feel the diff... Like, it has got a slope on it, so you can feel it, but um, you've got to be pushing pretty hard to notice it, really. It's um, it's interesting. On the weekend, I was in the city, and I was driving... I was in a multi-storey car park, and I thought about you with the way you do those training runs in the car park sometimes. And I thought, and I was just looking at the gradient because I was, I was going around and around trying to find a park and it was I was almost on the eighth floor or something before I found one. And I thought, gee, it'd be good, um, good bit of climbing, you know, a little bit of practice up and down, up and down. Cause quite, a, some sections were quite steep, you know, some set, one side of the, um, the car park, there was probably a gradient of about, I'm going to say steep, I'm talking like road runners steep, not trail runners steep, but it's def- definitely a continual climb. One section was steeper than the other, and so you're getting a change in gradient. So it's about uh, improvising, isn't it? You've got to do what you can. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly but, uh, right. So, yes. And how's your training been? Training? Um, the, to be quite honest with you, the last week I have felt really um, – well, early in the week, I felt quite fatigued, and for most of the week, I felt just this just drained. Even lots, and so I um I was I realised it was time for to really to just to have a recovery week, and um so I I didn't end up hitting the mileage I wanted. I think I was still in only about ninety two or ninety three kilometres, and um and I didn't I I cut out all of the elevation. I didn't do any, and when I say all, I did just under a thousand meters of climbing, but I didn't go on the trails. I stayed off the trails all week, and it was kind of a nice change of, to be able to just go out and road run, you know, and, um, but mentally I was really struggling all week, and, you know, I guess 
it was important. I had to sort of thought maybe I just need to just have a week like this every now and again. And um, yeah, and as, as much as I love running on the trails, just the thought of going and and like um, running up big steep hills, I just didn't feel like it. I just didn't feel like it. And so um, I still knocked out my mileage, uh, a pretty reasonable mileage, and. I went. I had my rest day yesterday, and um, I went for a really beautiful run this morning, really early, and uh, 15 kilometres, and I felt great. So if I, def- I definitely think a down week was um, was in. I needed it, you know, that needed that little break. And I think it's a, a combination of factors: not getting enough sleep. I haven't been getting enough sleep, especially last week. Didn't get anywhere near enough sleep because of um, children, and yep. then. The other factor was I think I on the Monday I went to the gym and I've been doing the gym for a while. I think I went a little bit too hard in the gym, went a little bit too heavy. And so for a few days my legs were quite sore and it really sort of drained. I think that just sucked a lot of the life out of me. And um, so, yeah, but I've bounced back. Like I said, and today I felt, I felt like I had that bounce back in my step. I enjoyed going up on the trails even though it was – um. I was almost home before it even got light. Um, so because it's getting dark earlier and earlier now. It is. So, I'm, enjoying, um, I'm enjoying the fact that it's dark for a bit longer. Yeah, it was good. This morning, just there was a real heavy darkness, you know, because it was a, here in Adelaide, there was a little bit of rain. It wasn't, it wasn't pouring, but just enough to have a bit of low, low cloud cover and just made everything a bit, you know, this real weird gloomy sense. And so up on the trails, everything was damp. And, and dark, and you know, I felt like the only person in the world, and so I was, it was pretty good. I reconnected, so it was a signal to me to really listen to my body and listen to my mind. So I'm back, and I feel good after. Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah, you know those sorts of weeks. Do you ever have those sorts? I mean, aside from your I, treatment, I, I definitely do. I have I have periods where uh, to put in the the kilometres that I think that I want to put in is mentally difficult, not physically. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll do all sorts of tricks to try and fix that. So I might go, right, well, I'll run 5Ks and then I'll walk X distance. Or I'll run 5Ks and then you're allowed to stop at the shop and buy chocolate milk, 300 mil, drink that, yeah. and then you've got to go do another 5K. Or I'll go... Right, today we're going to listen to this music that you don't normally listen to, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I play I, – I try to play lots of tricks on myself to, to get in the distance. Um, and then sometimes I just like to go for a run that's mentally taxing. So yeah. where it's, the, it's kind of the opposite where – you know, like well, I'll do a looped yeah. course where I'm just doing the same loop over and over and over. So the loop's yeah, actually kind cool. of boring, but then you start to play with things like how many steps between this post and that post or, you know, you just – these different tricks yeah. to, to to make it um, – to, to cover the distance that you need to cover or to cover the pace that you need to cover. Um, the other thing that I find really good – when I'm having a mental down week is to um, like, I'll, I'll go out because I generally run a bit further than most other people that I know that are yes. runners around here run. And mm-hmm. so I'll go out and run my warm up, Then I'll join them for their warm up, And then I'll do 
a set with them and then I'll go for a run and then I'll try and join up with someone else and then, you know, run home to get in that long block, but to break it up within the long run to make it just a little bit more interesting. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. I, um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's good having little strategies to, um, keep it going and I think on those days where you do the loop ones to try like I do things like that as well and I would think oh yeah I, I want to sort of test myself mentally just to go around in circles a bit and there's a few places I do that close by here but this week just nothing I just the, the idea of running just didn't appeal to me that much you know yeah. and so I just I kept the legs ticking over but I just didn't yeah my heart wasn't in it and so but in saying that, by the end of the week, physically I actually felt pretty good, you know. So and then and so and and coming into this, starting this week off, I feel heaps better. So you know, we just we're not robots, we aren't we? we no, we just yeah, we just we're human not beings. Robots. And, things things change uh, and things push yeah. us over the edge. That we it, it is literally that whole saying of the straw breaks the camel's back. And you don't even yeah. know what that straw is going to be, you know. It, it can be the yeah. funniest little things that really push you over the edge. And you have to um, – like a lot of people are really goal-orientated, and I find it with uh, much more with tra- coaching adults than coaching kids. But um, the very goal-orientated people that I end up coaching for whatever reason, and I have to give them a card that says, this is a day-off card. And yeah, I actually – it's it's a you can use this when you want to, but I also want you to apply it once a month. You know, like to any session, it doesn't matter what yeah. the session is. You can just apply it at that point in time, and you know, like if they're getting towards the end of the month and they haven't had that that one day off or whatever the coaching period is. Some people I I'll only give them a week's program because if I give them a month they do stupid things. Yeah, yeah. But um, it all depends Absolutely. on the client. Um, but yeah, it just you, you still need to have that. Um, it's not a reward, but you need to have that downtime just to yeah. things have to change. Like we can't just do the same thing day in day out and expect yeah. adaptive change to occur. So, exactly. And I'm yeah. I'm and I've talked about it a lot, and I'm a very big advocate of consistency is the key. You know, can be consistent, be consistent. But that is also like this past week. And what you're talking about with that card, this past week for me was like, I don't want to be consistent. I feel like I can't be consistent this week. And it really, and yes, maybe that's the difference between me and like a world champion, you know, or there's probably a lot of differences between me and a world, but you know, <laughs> I, I, um, but that's something that I just sort of thought, you know, I've got other things going on in my life and I don't, I can feel myself getting really run down. And I thought if I push myself now, I'm going to get sick and, um, Especially because the kids are starting to already bring home the winter, winter colds and winter flus, and and so I just want to keep myself feeling good, and so yeah. But I like that idea of a um a day off card that to be used at the runner's discretion. Um, it's sort of like uh, it's hard for me to get some of my runners to take days off. I'm like you have yeah, to take a day it, off. It is actually hard yeah. to get some to take days off, but you, yeah, you still have to. And um, and not just like. But you have to yeah, not just a scheduled day off, but yeah, having the idea of that sometimes you can just pull a pin on a run, you know, as well. And yeah, yeah. but no, that's good. Well, anyway, so heading in the right direction this week and um, yeah, got the week off to a pretty good, or the new month off to a reasonable start, so I'm happy. Um, yeah. 
There's something now, I, just I, have to, I have. I have to mention something before we keep going, and that is, um, can, yes, I've had a few people. Yes. I've had a few people private message me in the last sort of ten days, and um, yes. they've been very positive messages. Um, so Excellent. you know, I'm I'm an absolute advocate for uh, if you're not feeling well, go and see your healthcare professional and get it checked out especially if yep. you haven't been feeling well for a while. And, and I had someone who, I don't know from a bar of soap, but they, they apparently listened to a podcast where um, I was doing a different interview and um, I had mentioned this and they went and got checked out and um, they're now getting treatment for a condition that I won't mention here, but um, they, they sent me a thank you message because they wouldn't have done it without listening to or my, my talking was the thing that pushed them to to go and do it. Um, And then I've got another message. I've had another couple of messages uh, during the week. I think I've had three where just people have thanked me for, um, you know, uh, doing what I do, which all I really do is go for a run. But um, they were were inspired or they had things checked out or, you know, Mm. that sort of thing. So I just want to put it out there. Look, um, thank you to those people for those private messages. They, They mean a lot to me. Um, I find them uh, personally inspirational for myself, and um, yeah, yeah, it's it's always great to know that uh, I've, somehow I've done something positive for everybody else. So uh, yeah, thank you. Wonderful news, Ashley. That's a great story, and yeah, keep getting checked out, people. If you, if you don't feel right, um, any unusual lumps, yeah, is that yeah, you know, go and get checked out. Don't go ignore and get it. Checked out. As you said, we're not mach- we're not robots. We're not machines. We humans no. get sick, yeah. But um, yeah, oh, that's that's a, such a positive thing to hear. And I mean, occasionally I've been getting um every now and again I get some lovely um private messages, just not talking about cancer and stuff, but people just thanking us for the podcast, and it's super encouraging because you know it's not like we're making a fortune from this. In fact, I dare say we're making very next to nothing or nothing. Uh, I, would, I would suggest that we yeah. actually technically make a loss. Yeah. But, but you know, but the loss, got, the loss, the loss from those private messages is well worth it. And you know what? Exactly. We, we, what we gain, we gain other things. We gain good conversation and we gain, um, insight and we gain, um, new friends. How many new friends Correct. have we made? So tons, yeah. Tons. Yeah. So yeah. Keep Your those uh, messages. Don't don't be afraid of us. We're just normal guys, and um, just shoot us a message. Love it. I love hearing it, and we we may even read them out and you get a shout out, um, be, and you become pod, podcast famous. <laughs> um, look, I want to talk you about marathons before we move. Marathons, yeah. yeah. Let's go to marathons. So I read a great article so this, is, this week on you don't have to run a marathon. I like that yes. article. I don't know. If, did you read that? No. Tell me so there, there's a there's a there's an article out at the moment. Um, I can't remember the name, the exact title of it. It's written by a guy who wrote a book on how to train for a marathon, saying basically, look, a marathon's not the be all and end all. You don't have to train for a marathon, um, and you know, training shorter distance is actually harder than training for a marathon. And, and I don't disagree with that statement. Getting fast yeah. is bloody hard work um yeah so yes but go on with what you're going to say there no it's really so for those people who aren't going to run a marathon there's nothing wrong with that that's what i'm trying to say here i think part of the thing with marathons are um it's such a storied event you know it's got the ancient the ancient story 
about Pheidippides, you know, running and when getting to the finish line or getting to declaring Nike. No, just kidding. He didn't declare Nike. <laughs> he de- declared victory and um and then and then died. You know, he was sponsored by Nike. He was wearing an early form of the Alpha Flies, a really early, early form. Um, but no, anyway. So and people like that idea, and because for many years it was seen as sort of the impossible distance. You know, it's like well, you can't run a marathon. It's the human. It's the limit of human endurance. And obviously, we've seen that that's not true because now there's people sprinting 100k's basically, and and yeah. further, and then running longer for and. And now the, the marathon is, is – it's still, I still find it fascinating because it is such – I mean, it's an, it's an endurance event, no doubt, and it's a bloody hard event. And um, But it's getting so fast, and, you know, with new shoes and all that. So what I wanted to talk about very quickly was, was two athletes that I find really interesting. So – and there's a bit of a crossover here with trail running. So um, at the weekend was the – in America, there was the USA – Olympic marathon qualifying trials. trials. Yeah. I don't know if you caught any of that. Hilly course. Yeah. Very undulating course. It would be, um, apparently it's quite hard. And, um, it was won by the men's race. I'm specifically talking about because I was very interested. The men's race was won by Galen Rupp, who was, um, the previous champion. And he's, he has been around for a while. He got a bronze medal at the Rio games and, you know, he was a track athlete and he's moved up and yeah, it's fine. He ran well, can't, he's a pure road runner, you know, in a sense, but Jim Wormsley, who we all know, he was, is like one of the greatest ultra runners of our, of our time. You know, you would, it's hard to say, hard to argue with that. So he, um, he was in it as well. He was trying to qualify and it was, I was really interested to see how he would go because he was a real dark horse because he, he didn't do a traditional marathon build-up. And so I follow him on Strava, and I've watched him. He's done – he's coming at it from a different angle. Instead of building up to the marathon, he was building down to the marathon, if that makes sense. Yeah, he, he uh, averages 175 mile weeks, not kilometre weeks. Yeah. Mile weeks. And Exactly. And over the last six weeks, he did not one but three – 50 kilometer tune up races on like on relatively flat trails. So 50 Ks and each of those one, runs he did in under three hours for, for 50 kilometers. So, you know, like two hours 50 something or two hours 40 something. That's with some I don't elevation. I think I could ride a bike that fast on trails. Yeah. Like he's incredible. <laughs> and he's, he's, the, he's, he, you know, he's got the Western States course record, 100 miles in like 14 hours. 10 or something he's got isn't it yeah and you know which is fast you know over a long period and you know he also was recently the world mountain running champion so which is over about a 40 to 45 kilometer distance so he's got real diversity in his ability at the at the marathon he finished i think about 25th if i'm not mistaken so 25th he was i think he was a little bit disappointed but he was very realistic and um, just sort of, I'm sort of presenting this a bit without judgment because I do think it's interesting, and I don't really know what to make of uh, of this yet. So, in looking at his pace, so he did a two hour and fifteen minute marathon, which is um, pretty good for someone. And that was his, officially his first 
road marathon. So two hours and 15 minutes. And, you know, he was about five minutes behind the winner. And, but um, he went through five kilometres in 15 minutes and four seconds. And then he averaged, then he pretty much every 5K block was between 15.20 and 15, or up until 30 kilometres, he kept it under 16 minutes for a 5K block. But then when he got to the last um, 10Ks, he slowed down dramatically to, <laughs> when I say dramatically, I'm being sarcastic because he, he was doing, he did slow down to 16.26 and then the last 5K he did in 16.50, which, you know, still very fast, but it's a bit of a drop. So obviously it's um, his slowest kilometre was three minutes and 41 seconds per kilometre and it was right near the end. His fastest kilometre was two minutes and 52 seconds per kilometre. So, um, just, I don't know. So just looking at him and I really think he's pure speed. I do think he could do better. Obviously, if it was a, um, uh, a, re- a much hillier course, like even though it was a, a quite a hilly course, I think if, you know, I guess the big question I'm getting out of, I'm sort of trying to understand here is, uh, where's the crossover for ultra run? I know the distance wise, but, if I got Galen Rupp, who won that race, and I put him on a trail, I mean, I don't think he's going to beat Jim Wormsley in Western States if he did that. And But would, you know what I'm saying, at what point would they be evenly matched? What do you think? This is just a, um, yeah, someone who's come from a pure track background and pure road racing background versus someone who's come more from a real ultra background. What do you think? I I really don't know, um, you know where that crossover would be, but mm. um, it, it it would completely depend on the course because if you get a course that you know is a trail but it's relatively flat so you don't have to pick up your feet much because I mean that's road running you get to keep your feet low to the ground and you've just got a back and forth mm. swing so. That allows you, whereas, you know, technical trail, you've got to pick your feet up. And, and that really yeah, it's more, more factors, yeah. dramatically. Um, and then if it becomes really technical, you know, I mean, that's, that's where I, where I personally love it. And, um, I think a lot I of trail runners do to yeah. overtake people is once it becomes really technical, well, that's when I can actually move past people. Um, whereas yeah. as soon as it becomes flat, sure, I just watch people just cruise past me. Um, so yeah, it, it completely depends on, you know, what the styling is. Now for, I, I don't follow Wormsley and close enough to know, you know, how technical a course he can handle or not handle. Yeah. It would appear that he can handle pretty much anything. He's just bloody fast. Um, yeah. And he has a very, uh, like his, his attack is, or his, um, his training methodology is based a lot on the Japanese, uh, running mythology. And and for for those, for those people who don't realize, um, outside of Japan, if we took professional cycling as the first one, there's actually more professional cyclists in Japan than the rest of the world combined Mm. because of, because that's where they do a lot of gambling is on cycling. And there's more professional runners in Japan 
than yeah. there is the rest of the world combined. Yeah, so it's very popular. Very popular. It's a very popular mm. thing, and people get paid. Mm. A lot of people mm-hmm. get paid in Japan to run, um, and it's it's running ultra relays. So yeah, is the, is one of the biggest things. What'd you call yeah. it? Yeah, the Ekiden. Yeah, Ekiden. That's the, it. Yeah, it's very. It's tele, they televise their races all the time. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating. When I lived in Tokyo, they on New Year's Day they they um they broadcast on the national broadcaster NHK. There's a university Ekiden. It's all the universities with their best running yep. teams. And they just fly. Like there's some really good runners, you know. But yeah, so what's the philosophy of it? like the Jim Wormsley's flying? He's talking about high mileage. Yeah, it's high mileage. Um, like really high mileage. High mileage. Uh, there's, still, there's still other stuff in there, but um, but it's it's a very high mileage philosophy. Um, yeah. So yeah, and that's that is the the Japanese kind of philosophy. Very slow, very high mileage. Um, I know yeah. I've done a bit of running in Japan and running around, you know, like the Imperial Castle and stuff. And yeah, those guys aren't running very fast. I know that they can run fast because I've seen them pick it up. Um, yeah. But when they're doing their low mileage, it's slow. Like it's genuinely slow. But there's a lot of it. But it's there's a lot of a... it. A lot of well, it. You've done a lot of mileage already this year, and I mean, you could probably say that if you did a ta- a traditional taper for a, a short race, you would probably. I mean, I know you said you feel a lot fitter, but you you know you probably have increased your speed quite a lot from the volume that you've done in the last six weeks or so, you know, would you think so? I'd like to think so. I, I honestly don't know without doing that. Do you um, feel stronger? Oh, I definitely feel stronger and I definitely feel, yeah. um, you know, like I can go for a hit out now and and I look at my watch and I, I sometimes I'm genuinely shocked at the pace that I'm doing compared with how I'm feeling. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's been a, a nice surprise. Um, but, yeah, the, the mileage has been more about avoiding cancer pain than anything else. So, yeah. yeah. But that's a good motivator. <laughs> um, Very good. Yeah. Very good motivator. Yeah. Getting, woke, getting woken up and, and unable to move and curled up in a ball because of the pain is not a pleasant thing. I'd rather do the miles. No, it's terrible, man. Um, we've got to stay healthy and keep running. There's another... That's um, exactly right. Sort of relating to what I was just talking about with Wormsley. So, yeah, he does a lot of easy mileage. People look at people like him on Strava and go, but, yeah, but even his easy stuff, he's flying. That's because it's just all relative, you know. If you look at his yeah. heart rate, it's it's low. Same as, you know, some people might look at me and think I'm flying. And and, and some and, and it's just speed is... Ask, ask Albert Einstein, relativity. It's all relative. Um, but Some so people are just another, technically going to be very efficient because of the biomechanics that they were born with. That's, yeah. that's it's as simple as it um, is. You know, like you train any yeah. single you train two people and if you just looked at um heart yeah, rate, the person who was born with the genetics that allows them to be more efficient is always going to be faster. True. Can't you can't However, you can't be you can't get rid of that. You know, you hear about the um, VO2 max. There's certain things that that are trainable, though. And so... Oh, yeah, definitely. There's plenty of trainable. People that have... Say, you've been talking about the VO2 max. Okay. Actually, changing your VO2 max is quite difficult. To to increase that is hard. But what you can... um, 
increase is your percentage of VO2 max that you can work at. So you um you might be at, like you take someone like okay so like Wormsley when he was racing okay in that race his heart rate within a few kilometers his heart rate was in the high 170s to 180s and it stayed close to that got it actually dropped as the race went on and I think that's just fatigue and he because he was slowing down a little um but that's still really high he's sitting really high you know you could almost probably argue that he might have gone out a bit too hard and um but yeah so it, it but like he's probably operating he's operating so close to his VO2 max even on a run like that you know what i mean and so whereas if i get, went and did a marathon i you know nowhere near as fast i would be deliberately trying to keep my heart rate much lower for much longer you know what i mean and so because i know that i'm not i don't have that um ability to to go to to go to the the edge as much as these elite runners do. They can go to the, you know, if I said to him, if you said sprint now, he probably would only be able to go a little bit faster in those sections. Does that make sense? Like, um, even if, yeah. So they're, they're operating close. And like Elliot Kipchoge, you know, he'd be the same. He's, he, for him, his aerobic threshold, which is right up high, it's very, it'd be very close to his VO2 max. Like, so the point where it's comfortable, their 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 comfortable level is very close to their to their Maximum breaking point. Yeah. yeah. So it's so interesting. But um yeah, so just one more thing that I wanted to bring up because I found something interesting. There's a website called sweatelite.com and it's um published they publish some pretty interesting articles and it's um written by they are it's a I don't know if you've ever read the Alex Hutchison book about the um what's that book called? about the human mind oh, called Endure. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's a good book yep. about basically the in the limits of the human potential. Anyway, he pub- they published Ken Anisi Bekele, another marathon runner, who got 201.41 at Berlin just this past year, second fastest official marathon of all time, uh, only by two seconds. And they published in detail his training for the eight weeks leading up to that. And um, it's really fascinating to to look at. Very simplistic approach for the most part. And yet again, have a guess, Ash. What sort of mileage do you think he's doing? High mileage. Yeah, it's probably yeah. high mileage, yeah. So that eight-week block, his lowest week, I think, except for the week of the marathon, his lowest week was 158 kilometres. He, he got up to 180, I think 190 Um Lots of easy, easy running in that too. So an example, I'm going to read you just a couple of days of training. Ignore the paces because it's irrelevant. Okay. Because, but this is so, so on a Monday, he did, um, in the second week of his block, one in the morning, one hour at easy pace. So easy being relative. So for his easy is obviously like, there's like four minutes per kilometer, but easy. And then he would finish that that workout and he'd do 10 times 100-meter strides, you know. So going so a stride is, is people, for people that don't know, it's where you accelerate and then slow down. Really good for running economy. And, and then in the afternoon, six kilometers easy. That's it. That, and then a little bit of gym work in, after that. Like a pretty easy day, you know, for someone who's top level. Then Tuesday, 
one hour and 40 minutes long run, okay, at an easy pace again, then PM, uh, six kilometers easy. So we haven't done the proper speed sessions yet. Wednesday, one hour easy, and then 10 100-meter um, sprints again or strides. It wasn't until Thursday that he got to a speed, a proper speed session. In the AM, he did two sets of three kilometers, um, and then two kilometers, and, one, and then one kilometer, and then 500 meters, and then then so that's hard workout. And he was doing them fast, but 400 meter jog recovery between each of those sets. So yeah. and then in the afternoon, 50 minutes easy. I could go on, but the recurring theme is there mostly easy stuff so and and i think it's really valuable for going and i do even for ultra runners it's something that is neglected is that they're not going slow enough on their slow on their easy runs and you know if someone like kenanisi bikela his easy run is four minutes per kilometer he can run his race pace is two minutes and 51 seconds per kilometer that's a big it's a it's a good 33 percent slower than his Yes, yes. So anyway, that's just some uh, food for thought, and I thought it'd be good to have a little training chat about that because I don't know. I think people find it interesting. I find it fascinating, and I can we can be selfish because it's our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Do you have uh, look, I think that I think the thing that uh, a lot of ultra runners kind of forget is um, uh, how important power walking is, and including yes. that in your training, and lots yes. of that. Um, cause the fact is, look, the elites can run a hundred Ks, the elites can run 80 yeah. Ks. Um, some of the sub elites can run 80 Ks, but once you get beyond that, pretty much everybody else of us, normal mere mortals, are going to be walking at some yeah. point and we're going to yes. be walking a lot. So we kind of need to train that cause it is a different muscle set. And that's why you do walk because you need to change muscle sets. Like you, you just can't run that entire time because you'll find that your heart rate's still pretty high when you're walking, but it's a different muscle set, and so you've changed muscle groups, and you need to train the different muscle groups. Yes, so it's not just about running hard all the time. It's no, yeah, it's and I think that's where that. ultra running. As much, I mean, we can learn lots of lessons from marathon running, but I think ultra running. There is, um, it's more the multi-dimensional in terms of what you have to do with your training, and yep. so um, yeah. But no, if nothing else, the stuff with those marathon runners is fascinating, and I I really like. I've actually got a lot of respect for Jim Wormsley. I think it was brave for him to have a crack, and pretty amazing. And I'll be interested to see how he goes when he gets back onto the ultra scene. I think that he'll um, he'll do pretty well. Not that he's been doing bad. Oh yeah, he might. He <laughs> might go even faster. That's just hit. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Having that pressure. But anyway, um, I think so. I'm gonna. I suppose we should end it there. Yeah. And um, yeah. I've got. We're gonna talk about. I've got a, an interview that I I put in the bag the other day with a, a South Australian couple, who um, and unfortunately you couldn't make it because you, I no. think it was um, past your bedtime. And, it was past my time. <laughs> yeah. So it's just myself and a couple who I've known for some years, and they 
were the couple who we mentioned, mentioned in our episode with Chris Ord and Robbie and Sarah Wickham, and they were married on Mount Speculation during the Oscars Hut to Hut. And uh, so, yeah, they've got a pretty interesting running story. And um, they're two, they're really lovely people. And I'm, I'm so, yeah, I think they're, they're, they have an unusual approach to a lot of things. And they live a, an off-grid lifestyle as well, which is pretty awesome. So oh, we'll cool. hear a bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So, they're, so they're, guess, they're, they've had an ultra marriage during an ultra run. Yeah. Right? And they're living an ultra sense. lifestyle. And yeah. They're living an ultra lifestyle. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll say Thanks farewell. Awesome. Wherever you are farewell. in the world, hope it run well. G'day trail runners and welcome to the trail runners experience. Uh, I am Daniel and today I am not joined by Ash. Unfortunately, he cannot get on board as past his bedtime, but I am joined by two um, of South Australia's favorite trail runners. Well, one's uh, South Australian by via Canada and that is Robbie and Sarah Wickham. Welcome guys. Thanks big fella. Hi, thank you. <laughs> No problem. Excellent. So yeah, I, uh, I got you guys on because last, uh, just last week I interviewed Chris Ord with, uh, who you guys would know quite well through your, um, and because recently you both also ran the Chris's race, the incredible Oscars, Oscars Hut to Hut. You ran Oscars Hut to Hut, didn't you, Robbie? You did the hundred? Uh, no, this time uh, done the Archie. Uh, ah. Set myself up for failures. I thought I'm uh, give give myself half a chance to finish, and I'm glad I went back to the Archie. <laughs> oh, nice. And so you both did the Archie. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, yes. I know you've done the hundred before, haven't you? Together, is that right? Uh, oh, sorry. The last year was probably the first year that we'd both participated at the same time, but. I went out to do the solo, and Sarah was hiking in, and yeah, yep. so part of the arrangement was with the wedding. Um, yeah. So yeah, so the girls had hike were planning on hiking there, and yeah, I'd meet them where, however, which way I could get there. So yeah, oh, look, I want to get back to that in a second because yeah. that's very cool. Um, you the you are the only couple I know that got married on on the trails and I'm, I'm not sure if you guys know of any others, but, um, but I want to ask more about that. But, um, so before we get right into it though, is maybe I'd like to get a little bit of a background about, uh, who you guys are. I know who you, who you are, but maybe for the people who are listening, cause you, I, I look at you both as, um, you've, you've done some pretty amazing trail runs in your life. And Sarah, you've, you've been only in Adelaide for a few years and yeah. is that right? And then, so, yeah, maybe, I don't know, Sarah, did you want to go first and maybe tell us a little bit of your background in running? Uh, I moved to Adelaide uh, the four and a half years ago now, and one of the reasons for that was because I like to run, and where yeah. I lived, there was a lot of snow on the ground, and it was minus 40 degrees for a lot of the year, so that wow. meant running outside. Um, yeah, so came to Adelaide, that's when I started trail running. Got sucked right in because, I mean, it's fun. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's good. That's a, a nice, um, succinct uh, opening. Did you run, <laughs> like, were you a fast, were you a runner in school, in high school and stuff? 
No, when I was in uh, junior high, I did 800 meter and 1500 meter um, in like the, you know, yearly track yeah. race that we did. I didn't ever train or anything. I just went to the, the track meet and ran them. And I can't remember the 800. I remember it being really hard because you, <laughs> you can, it was far enough that you just couldn't sprint it. But the oh, that's the worst. The 15th was okay because you could just, you know, run it at a nice pace. Yeah. And you can't hide in a stadium, you know, like if you're running on a track, everyone can see you. So if you're, if you run the first lap really fast and then the second lap you just die, yeah. everyone gets to watch your slow death. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, God. I was mostly, uh, I was probably in my mid twenties and it was just yeah. kind of something to do because our summers were so short over there and it was just kind of something to do outside that wasn't drinking beer and eating chips. Um, yeah, and I just yeah, I just yeah, it wasn't uh, anything that I thought would ever become a passion or anything like that. I just enjoyed being outside, and I thought, oh, I'm going to give this a try, and I started yeah. running. And then I found out that you could run on trails instead of the roads, and I was like, oh, hey, that's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, you can literally run anywhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's that's great. A world of yeah. running. So. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And you turned out you're um, not a bad runner as well. You frequently get up on the podium there, I know, locally. And uh, and I know you have also done so in some bigger races, which I want to find out about um, in a minute. But we'll come yeah. back to you because I've got to um, – I want to hear from this – that guy that's sitting next to you, that the young fella there, Robbie. So how about you, Robbie? Where did you um, – where did it all sort of start for you? And uh, – uh, Trail running probably didn't start happening until uh, just probably after I started the OCR experience, probably 2013, I reckon. Um, yeah, and that's years beyond that. It was like playing either hockey or, uh, you know, 20-odd years of footy. And, you know, obviously running is a big part of all that. And, yeah, I'd yeah. always overseas through that and sort of enjoyed it, but never was on a program. Uh, got into yeah. OCR, realised, yeah. I'd spend probably 80% of my time on obstacles and strength work and that, and then 20% running and, yeah, fast worked out that it was all about, uh, it's more about running and the obstacles were a very small part of it, so I had the balance wrong. Um, yeah. So then I sought out the guidance of uh, Mr. Hawkins and, uh, yeah, he, oh, yeah, he did that sort of thing on the trails and uh, put me in the right direction. And, um, yeah, since then it's just, yeah, been a spiral for me, like sort of, the OCR, well, as the distances grew that we were chasing, uh, yeah, the OCR sort of took a wayside. You know, I put that on the back yeah. burner, try to drop some weight, sort of thing. Like, feel like you know, like when you're running against uh, people like yourself and the Mick Keats and them, then yeah, being wet, sort of thing. And yeah, exactly, I, like... I get blown away. If there's a strong breeze, I get blown away, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but um. I thought I'd try and lean up a bit, but that hasn't worked. So I think I'm going to sort of start transitioning back in a bit of OCR and keep, yeah, well, keep the running going, sort of thing. But uh, I think you I'm certainly I can't built some endurance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's um, that's awesome. And like for people who don't know, I so OCR means obstacle course racing. If I, I mean, I'm sure most people know, but I always like to clarify um, things like that. But so you are like that, I guess in a sense, trail running and like the really rugged trails. Uh, probably more appealing to you 
given the the type of build that you've developed through obstacle course racing, would that be a fair assumption? Like, yeah, like... I, it's a perfect summary. Uh, and I, yeah, I see work out, and it helps with my biomechanical um, issues that I have as well, sort of thing. So if it's flat and a monotonous sort of cycle, then I'm going to get found out. Where if it's up and down and all over the place, it tends to suit my needs. Yeah. So. And I, I think that's really interesting because it is like you look at a trail runner, like sort of a, a prototypical trail runner. They generally, or just, you know, your average trail runner, they're generally more muscular anyway. And I mean, you know, like because you have to be a little bit, that, that bit of extra muscle is going to help you up those steep climbs and, and, and protect your joints from those, those, you know, technical trails and things like that. And so, but I, there's definitely, you've got to, finding that sweet spot between the muscle and the skinniness, you know, like, um, cause I'm, I'm on the other side, I'm now at the gym and I do do stuff to try and, put, I'm not trying to put on size, but putting on a little bit more core strength and upper body strength because yeah. it do, I find it does help me long term. But, um, yeah, it is a bit of a, it's a balancing act, isn't it? And so, um, uh, posture is everything in running. So yeah, like yeah. upper body and, yeah, your core obviously is number one, but yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's that's a good point. And um, so, and, and Sarah, you've got you've done a bit of obstacle course racing as well, have you? Did did Robbie get you into that? Yeah, when I first moved here, I did a little bit um, with him, but the obstacles. Oh, I like I enjoy strength training and that kind of thing. But when I'm running, I like to run. And yeah. I, the obstacles I feel they just get in my way. <laughs> I yeah. just want to keep running. Quite definition. <laughs> exactly. There's yeah, not yeah. <laughs> Whereas I just I like to get into a flow and just run. So yeah. I, I, I enjoy the training for obstacle course races. I really enjoy yeah. the skill and technique that's in it, but I quite enjoy just running. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. When it, when it comes to <laughs> prefer just just to run so you you're like the um it's like the yin and the yang in a sense yeah. Yeah. Um, give me give and, me a flat gravel road and, ooh, and, and you'll see me next week <laughs> yeah and you'll see him in a month <laughs> yeah and and robbie i would almost say you're i wouldn't even call you a trail runner because when you you like I have it on good authority that you like to go and make your own trails, and as in, um, if there's a if there's some bush, you'll that's where you'll go. You'll go direct. You'll you'll go like you'll find the beaten track. You'll go off the beaten track and then off that track as well. Does that sound about right? <laughs> yeah, if there's any remnants of an animal track, even yeah. if it's a, in my imagination, I'm gonna go and explore that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well legend has it that the, the kangaroos. They refer to those little tracks as, as Robbie tracks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, sorry, what were you going to say, Sarah? Uh, and that, I just said that's why we don't run together very much. Oh, really? Do <laughs> yeah, you end we'll, up hating each other? <laughs> we're in the same area, but we'll run completely different routes because I, I don't really, I really hate it, mate, but I just need some space sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. But like it's almost like what um you know you know you almost essay, getting into sort of SAS kind of stuff or like orienteering almost where you're just going out into the scrub. I mean I, I like that that as well. Like as a when I was young growing up, my I guess my early introduction to trail running was not really it was just my friends and I going out 
and exploring the bush. And, you know, we just would go out and we'd find tracks and we'd make, and we'd, we'd bush bash and we'd, and if we couldn't get through, we'd get a big stick and we'd, we'd, we'd go hitting the bushes and getting them out of our way. And like, you know, that, that kind of stuff, it was like, it was proper wild. And there was something really nice about that feeling. And then coming out and, oh, where are we? Oh, we've come to this spot. This is awesome. And, you know, you'd, so trail running, I think the, the appeal is um, for me and is uh, exploration, isn't it? You know, it's, it is, especially when it's a new trail in a new location. Yeah, so anyway, that's my bit. <laughs> I, think I, uh, I think it's a bit of that, like uh, you, maybe it's the subconscious in a child like, as I'm getting older, you know, like 50, you know, later on this year sort of thing. And, yeah, maybe yeah. it's a subconscious thing and, like, be able to, you know, have the opportunity to go and trail run, you know, throughout Australia and, you know, go international every now and then and, yeah, exploring and finding new trails and then, you know, like, Sharing that with people, yeah, it's, I love it. Like, it's, it's a great opportunity. Like, it is. Some, and it's, it's unfortunate and, uh, yeah, fortunately we are. So. Yeah, no, you you guys have – so, yeah, let's talk about some of the amazing um, races that you've done. So I know that because, Sarah, with your Canadian um, her- heritage, I mean, you know, you're a, um, you, you've got a place – you can when you go to visit family. Do you try and you squeeze in a race here and there when you go to Canada? Because it's yeah, like a, a yeah. mecca. Um, where like so I've got my parents, my brother, and my sister. And my parents and my sister they live in uh, Saskatchewan, and it's flat and there's not really much trails there to run. Um, but my brother lives in Calgary, and he's taken up hiking as well. Um, so yeah, Banff and the Rocky Mountains and that. Um, so usually when we go, we kind of split our time between, you know, Calgary area and then back home, home. Um, and while we're visiting with my brother, since he likes to hike and stuff, we're usually able to coordinate a few days on the trails. Awesome. Yeah. He loves playing stuff. He's, uh, we go with, I'll throw an idea to him. I'll just pitch something and then he'll come up with a massive itinerary and, have an everyday planned and yeah, no, it's, it's a great resource to have. And it, it, I mean, it's a great company as well. But uh, yeah, like it's we don't have to yeah. do a lot of work when it comes to hiking in Canada. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> just show up and he's got he's got a plan for us. And we're you say okay, well we're going to do this race, so I need this many days to recover, and then we can start our hikes or runs or whatever we're doing. But... Because he doesn't run, he gives us a day to recover. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, yeah. He doesn't know that you need like days. Yeah, I think I had three days on his couch with my legs up after Sinister Seven before I started a week of hiking with him. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Oh well, that's one way to recover. Um, that's that's an active recovery if ever I heard of one. Um, did carrying, carrying a fifty-pound pack with your tent and everything, food. Oh my week. Yeah, that God. was quite fun. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that'd be hard. I um. What was I going to say? Sinister Seven, I wanted to ask you both about that. So that's a race that I know that at least one or both of you have completed. I don't know much about the race, so please tell yeah. me. So I completed it last year in 2019. Um, Robbie attempted it in 2018, and he made it about a third of the way through and then called it a day. Um, yep. 100 miles. I think it's 63 or 6,400 meters of climb, um, mountain terrain. 
um, weather, because it's in the mountains, the weather, it can be really hot one minute, really cold the next minute, all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. The finishing rate on it is generally really low. I think uh, the year before Robbie tried it, um, it was really hot that year. And I think the finishing rate was like 15% or something. Oh, wow. And I, last year, I think it was in the, when I finished it, I think it was in the 20s. Um, I think uh, it was a good year that I ran it weather-wise. It got hot in the middle of the day, but um, yeah, it was really wet. It was the wettest year they've ever had, so it was muddy. Oh, wow. And But temperature-wise, it was all right most of the day. But the year before, when Robbie had tried it, he yeah, melted the third leg. He stopped after. And yeah. uh, it, it's open and exposed, and it's in the middle of, de- of the day. And it's just... Yeah, yeah. it's Ooh. tough. Yeah. And I think unless people try to... I mean, it's so... With, with DNFs, and look, I've DNF races, and it, it's heartbreaking and annoying and frustrating... But some, when you're in the circumstances, you just go, it's just, it's either too dangerous, I don't want to die today, you know, like, um, yeah, and when you can't, like, and it's a long way. I, I, I've heard it's a really tough race, so for I, that reason. Last year, I was ready to stop at the point where Robbie had stopped the year before. I, yeah. When I, when I came into that aid station, I was jogging down a hill and um, they do it as a relay as well. So there's lots of relay runners out there. And yeah. um, a relay runner, she had caught up to me and she was like, oh, you're doing it solo. You're doing awesome, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty tired. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, like you're smashing it, you know? And I was like, I I might, you know, I might be done here. Like, I was just kind of like, I don't know. And she, she, um, she looks at me and she said, well, what hurts? And I said, nothing and then she goes yeah well, don't and that was really that was like yeah good advice you know, no reason to yeah. stop and tired um yeah everything that day like went pretty good for me nothing went wrong and i think that's what you need for yeah which the difference miles. the difference for me was i'd had um i'd had a bone fragment floating around in my ankle and it was sort of locking up and oh. yeah yeah that, that was that's a fallout from a uh, football injury, early 2000s, where a dislocated and broke an ankle, you know, got plate and screws and all that in it. Yeah, just for some reason, I'd had a better prep than I'd had the year before for CDR. And, yeah. Yeah, and it was just hit and miss when it was locking up. And we're going, after leg three, you're sort of going into the more remote sections of the course and longer sections. And, yeah, so it was just like, oh, I can't trust it. And I yeah. sort of signed up for a triple crown as well. And CDR was sort of only three, four weeks away sort of thing. So oh. yeah, I thought I'm not going to put myself out there and not know that I'm going to, yeah, it's, it just wasn't fair, fair on everybody. So I called it. The, yeah. cutoffs, the cutoffs are really tight with it as well. And I think that's most of the reason why the finishing rate um, is low for it. Um, I finished it with two hours and 10 minutes to spare and I was third place woman. So if you just like, wow, you know, yeah, so, yeah the, the, the finishing rate is low, but there's not much time to spare. Like, 30 hour cut off yeah, with so, six and a half yeah. minutes for a hundred mile. That's, um, so when yeah, things don't go right, like you're, you know, bone fragment in your ankle and you're looking at, you've still got a hundred kilometers to go. Exactly. You, know, uh, you yeah. might make the next cut off. 
but you know you're not making the next or the next, you know, like, you just have to, yeah. Yeah, and when it's a mechanical thing like that, like something and that's obviously not a, it's not a psychological thing. That's a thing that's happened, like, that, that could prevent you from running in the future, you know? So I think you have to make wise decisions in that regard, We, Place. you know. Yeah. I mean, it does destroy your psyche because your confidence goes and, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. And But, I mean, like, if there's a broken bone floating around in your foot and it's just not playing, you know, I would stop. I think most sensible people would stop. But um, it's funny. I was having a conversation the other day and uh, about we're talking about that that psyche of you know what how to be sort of resilient and how to be mentally tough in a race and you know there's a, there's so many different approaches and you could ask a hundred different people and you get a hundred different answers and um, but one of the things that I really like to do and I think you sort of summed it up with your little story there is start to think okay well what hurts ask yourself that question or even if something does go wrong, not according to plan, try and look at it sort of more objectively and not emotionally, because I think emotions play such a big part in our um, mental state in when we're yeah. running. And you know, we, I, I I don't know about you guys, but I I spiral into a negative. I go into this negative funnel, of, you know, if, if things aren't going well, and um, you know, before I know it, it's all negative. You have one little negative thought, then two, then three, then ten then you all of a sudden it's just you just want to stop you know so but when there's no good reason to stop you know so yeah yeah i think that i think what that woman said to me will stick with me forever i think it yeah kind of, you know like <laughs> yeah it's just it, i i mean i still think of it it's one of the things that stands out from the race for me it's yeah. definitely one of the keys is recognizing when you're on that negative spiral and putting a blocker in place and I, having some organised things to go, all right? Well, let's. I, well, we've done this and we've done this. Yeah. And, we've done this and yeah, get it back on track and yeah. Yeah, when I start seeing finding myself going to that place, I um, I think, oh, I've done lots of training for this, you know, and I'm already this far in. I don't want to have to start again. And yeah. That's, that's what I find keeps pushing me. You know, I'm 50k in and I'm really tired and I kind of want to stop, but. I don't want to do that 50k again next year. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to restart it and come back, you know, like that's something that I yeah, I just keep going cuz I don't want to at that moment in time when you're tired and beat down, you just dig in. Yeah. You, you don't start again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um I was going to say so you um and you're so you came third at that race, which is a, a sinister seven, which is a tough race. And you had not long previously had had some pretty major surgery. Am I allowed to ask about that? I had a bit of a, yeah, it was kind of, I, I had no idea that I was in third place. I thought I was one of the last people. Like I thought one yeah. of the last patients I went through was already packing up to call it a day kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, I had in mid-September, I had had a major abdominal surgery and I wow. was basically, I started walking about October and I think the first walk like around the block kind of thing that Robbie and I did, it was, I think it's, it was about 500 meters and it probably took close to half an hour. Um, yeah. I didn't really start running until January 
Um, and at that point, uh, I was probably all about 10K was my max, but I couldn't run downhill because it was too bouncy and it would hurt my stomach. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did. I essentially had six months of training for that. Um, for a 100-mile race and basically starting yeah. from square from yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. I put a lot of heart into it. I did a lot of strength training um, with my strength and conditioning coach. And yeah. I think that really helped because I was doing I was doing the strength training and stuff. I'd started that with modifications, obviously, for my core. Um, I'd started that before January. So I was already building a strong body before I was able to start running again, I think. Yeah. But yeah, even as um, so I'd done that five peaks here in April. Yes. When I was running down, so that was, that was, yes, that was April. So I'd been running for about three months at that point. When I was running down Black Hill, which is about uh, five or six K into it, I can remember feeling my abdomen and my core then, and it was cramped. And I was thinking, oh, game over, you know, and I was a little bit frustrated, but it came good. All right. But I, yeah, I didn't, I I worked hard to get where I was. um, And I had, Oh, just the mental. I was going to ask you about that, the mental side of the recovery. That, yeah, that played a big role. Like it was, you know, six months ago, I was barely walking. Yeah. Eight, eight or nine months ago, I couldn't get out of a chair. Like I had to yeah. decide if I was going to um, shower today or <laughs> if I wanted to walk to the door and back a few times because that was about all I could stand up for. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I've had surgery and, and um, it, it, it's just the re- the recovery of, from any kind of major surgery. You know, you're just the, all the the drugs and the anaesthetic alone just knocks you around, and then you've got the physical recovery. And, and yeah. I I remember when I had um I had jaw surgery a few years back, and I um I remember being so depressed, and I don't know, I'm, it's pretty safe to say that that's a common thing. Yeah. You know getting depressed when you're recovering from a major thing like that because here you are, you're fit, you're young and you're healthy and you've got to, then you've got to deal with this thing that it seems so un- – it feels like – I just remember feeling like there were days being robbed from my life, yeah. um, you know, because you just – you literally just have to wait and let your body recover and you could yeah. be in extreme I, – I imagine there was a fair bit of pain that went along with it. Yeah. I actually, yeah, you mentioned about being on, on medication and that kind of thing. And mm. I'm a pharmacist back in Canada, but I've never taken yeah. narcotics to, for pain or anything before. So it was kind of interesting to me taking that and actually seeing what it does to you. And I yeah. like, I was just, I'd be, in, I'd be in pain and it's like, so I need to take one of these tablets to get rid of the pain. But if I take the tablet, I'm just going to fall asleep and wake up in four hours and there yeah. was, you know like it's just yeah it, it it's what a, you got to do but I mean yeah. um Bobby would come home from work or something and I'd be oh I need to take a tablet because I'm in lots of pain and I can't do anything but I, I can't visit with you <laughs> when I take this you know so <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow like <laughs> so did you and I don't know Robbie this you could probably chime in on this too like when you were coming when you were early in that recovery, did you have something to focus? Did you focus on just the day to day or did you go, I'm going to run that race, the sinister seven, or I'm going to set a goal that's beyond me 
and and focus on that or did you go I'm just going to focus on today and tomorrow like uh, I knew I knew I wanted to do sinister seven well actually we're planning to get married at Oscars in February and I knew I wanted to hike that and that was 100 kilometers of hiking um mm. and that was kind of that that kind of just my goal was hiking at that point which I think was an achievable goal um, yeah 100k was probably more than what most people would set but 100 um, difficult kilometers too yeah it's <laughs> okay and I mean I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think that I was capable of doing it either um yeah and then after that it was you know what like I I started running a bit not by then you know so after that it was yeah okay let's do sinister and see what happens and yeah running actually it came back pretty well when I could run but I think a lot of that had to do with strength training and just mental determination I felt I felt it had been robbed from me um it was a surgery I didn't want to have to have but it was necessary kind of thing and it was kind of like you know I motivation to get back where I want to be and even better you know like yeah you don't appreciate it until it's been taken away from you so exactly all that time and think about it and so the determination when you're working your way back there sort of thing it's like you know rocky music was always playing you know, <laughs> era sort of thing like the, the work ethic and, and and the work that she's put in with you know carly and at the shed and them sort of thing like they've done yeah they get on really well but they work bloody hard and it's it's a bit unique strength training but yeah she puts in everything like if it if there's a competition on who's the biggest run hole, like Sarah's clearly that, like she does everything yeah. she can to make sure that she's able to run and run at the best. Great. Um, and so you got to watch that recovery process, Robbie. And so was it um, like, did you feel, I know I've been on the other sort of on that side of the fence too. Like, did you, did you feel helpless sometimes? Like when she was in that sort of a, a lower, when Sarah was feeling um, a bit shit? For lack of a better term, yeah, she's so not did... the I'll give you the hot tip. Like, she's <laughs> not running, she's not happy, and yeah, and that was pretty tough actually. Like, um, yeah, yeah, because you know this person that you've got who's usually just full of energy, and that's the thing that I find it's the most annoying is you know, like you guys use your bodies all the time because you're out there exploring trails and and like finding new adventures, and then you're, that's all taken away from you, and you're like. So you've lost that thing that you do together a bit, you know, like that fun thing that you just go out and explore. And I imagine that would be frustrating for both of you. And um, so, yeah. Oh, especially when she, yeah, she was pretty needy. So it was, uh, it needed, <laughs> it was the, needy. the needy didn't last that long, but uh, yeah, yeah, good. it was long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're more of a... Like three times because I couldn't even hold the cup up. <laughs> oh, so, so you, you go out, break one of the Strava records, and then <laughs> that's what he did. He broke a Strava record that I had. Ah, <laughs> oh, son of a! Um, <laughs> did you? When I was in the hospital the day after surgery. I got a, a email from Strava that someone had broken my um, course record on one of my segments, and I um yeah I I don't I don't compete on Strava anymore after that. Ah, <laughs> uh, broken. So. <laughs> I would say Robbie's adopted tough love, a bit of tough. Too. <laughs> and yeah. Hayley, so it wasn't Hayley. <laughs> yeah. 
far out. That's um, that's really that's a good approach. Um, but so, that being said, like when I got I got better every day as well, um, and that was something that I think helped keep the mind in a healthy place. Was that you know you encouraged by it, yeah. Initially, every day I was feeling a little bit better, or I could bend a little bit more, or something like that. And then eventually, it was every week I was feeling a bit better. Um, there was times where it was like, "Oh crap!" You know, I've had a setback, or you know, this doesn't feel good. It was feeling good the day before, and it doesn't feel good today, or you know, that kind of thing. But as yeah. a whole, I when that happened, I just looked back to you know, two weeks ago, I was still sitting in a chair being you know not able to do anything whereas now yeah. I'm like yeah so the day-to-day yeah I, that's so true and like looking at just uh, that little those tiny incremental improvements hey but they're not but they're happening every day yeah I knew I, I knew I would get better you know like it, it wasn't a terminal condition that I had or you know anything like that so yeah. You know, even though I may not be able to do what I want to do today, I might be able to do it tomorrow or in six months from now or, you know. Yeah. Um, now that's, yeah, it's fantastic. And so then you've come back and you've, you've, you've obviously got the fire back, you know. Um, I was going to say the fire in your belly, but that might not be good because you just had <laughs> abdominal surgery. But, <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not a medical expert, but fire in the belly is not a, a medical condition that I'm aware of. Um, but you know, so you've got the Rocky music going, and you're and and you're um and you, you guys and so then you go and you you, you did really well. I know at Five Peaks here in South in Adelaide, and yeah. um and then you backed up, did the Sinister Seven, um no not Sinister Seven, yeah no that's right Sinister Seven. And so what else? Um, and then now you, and so you've, and you've recently done the Archie, which is amazing. Oh, just, yeah, filling some gaps. So like since that recovery. Yeah. After Sinister 7, it took me a while to find, um, uh, I don't think I ever stopped loving running, but I needed to, um, uh, refine some motivation, find something that excited me about it. Sinister 7 was really hard and I, beat myself up a bit after it because um my legs were really swollen my urine was really dark like you know those sim- symbols of you know my kidneys were in distress and I yeah. uh, I struggled a little bit mentally with that after because I had spent the last six months building my body to be strong and capable and I mm. felt like at sinister even though I ran well and you know all that kind of stuff I don't know that it was kind to my body. Um, yeah, so I just, realistically. Uh, I, yeah, I just had to kind of mentally figure out how I felt about that and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. There's and a, then, a quick turnaround, though, when you really think about it. I mean, even though you, it was like, wasn't that long from when you had the surgery to when you did yeah. a huge race. Yeah. And so I guess in, in two years from now, you're going to look back on that and go, wow, that was really close to that surgery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So after Sinister Seven, took a little while to find a bit of mojo. Um, Kazoo was registered for the Heisen 105, but she was kind of trying to find her mojo too. So she hadn't trained yes. the 100K. So 
she wasn't going to run anything. And I was like, well, I think I might be able to run the 37. She was like, oh, I could run the 37. So we decided to run the 37K together and just have fun doing it because we were both just trying to find our mojo. Um, yeah. So we did that together and we had an awesome time. It was really good. I've never run a race with a friend before. So it was really, really neat to share. And we both kind of yeah. needed that. Um, yeah, great. And you crossed the line together in first, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. Really cool. We had such a good time. Like, oh, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Oh, and that's then, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then Archie's just now. Um, yeah, my next uh, – I'll probably do a couple of local races, I think, but I'm gearing up for another 100-miler in July. <laughs> oh, okay. Which one is that? Uh, Brisbane Trail Ultra. Oh. Um, it's got tank oh, cool. cut off. See how training goes, but yeah, it's my. Yeah. I'd say it's it's going to be my my big goal for the for the year. That's what I'm trying to work towards. So. Excellent. Well, you've got at least you've got a bit of base behind you now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And so, how about yourself, uh, Robbie? With uh, what what's um so this we're going we'll go forward and then we'll go backwards. So what what is um what's on the agenda for you? Uh, this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. And do Brisbane as well. Uh, I'm not going to do the miler. Um, let's try and just build to 100k again. Um, yep. Yeah. So we'll see how we go for that one, and then set myself for. Um, oh, we're going to do some hikes or maybe some runs uh, when we go to Canada again in July, August. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So the heart wants to go back to the Canadian Death Race and maybe do, uh, maybe just the near death marathon. And then two weeks later, maybe iron legged. Uh, yeah. But okay. then, but the main race when we come back from that is the um, the, the Feral Pig in Western Australia in November. And, oh, you're yeah. doing that one? Yeah. Yeah. over there. I've, I've sort of been eyeing off that uh, Bibbulmun track for a while. Um, wouldn't mind yeah, running the traversing that one day. So I just want to get a snapshot of it and see if I fall in love with it as I do with the Heisen here. And yeah. Like yes. Yeah. See where it's that's uh, interesting. And so, yeah, you've got a you've got, you've you've done a few of those um races over in Canada, and and I know that you're um we said you did the sinister sorry not the, yeah the Canadian Death Race before, and yeah. um so we'll go back to that. So that was a few years ago, or was it last year? Um, uh, but you, I think it was two seventeen was the yeah. first time I'd done it. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd done it two seventeen. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, after our epic battle at the uh, Hubert sort of thing, so that was a conference builder. Um, our, our one, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Is that 2017? Yeah, we both did. Good <laughs> mate. Yeah. 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 Great day, yeah. and you locked on uh, Haley Teal, and I was hoping yeah. she was going to blow you up and I'd catch you, but that didn't quite happen. And hats off to you, mate. No. Like, you had a great run, so. Yeah, no, it was a good run, and I, I just love it up there um, around that area. It's just so it's, it's something really special about the area. Um, oh, and, yeah, but uh, we're really lucky. That ancient landscape. Oh, you look. I'll never forget that race. That Hubert One Hundred. Just I'm just sort of to clarify the, for the people that are listening. So it's in. It's held in the. Um, oh, starts and finishes at Wilpena Pound, which is in the outback, deep in the outback. For international listeners, and like, um, so you're in the Icara Flinders Ranges, and so yeah, Robbie and I, we, we, we were, it was a bit of a little bit of a ding dong battle early on. There was a few of us, and then um, 
but it's a fairly isolated course, hey. And so I remember at one point when I when Haley Teal dropped me, I don't know, it was probably about sixty five or seventy kilometers into the race. I I lost her, I think. And um but at that point I didn't know where anybody was. And so because there's no there's not like there's many checkpoints and I think I saw you, Sarah, waiting for Robbie a few times and I never and I think you might have given me some time updates, but I had no sense. I went past some hikers and they said, oh, yeah, there was a woman that just went past you. It went past this about five minutes ago. And I was like, oh, really? Was it five minutes? And she went, oh, it could have been maybe like 20 minutes. Or... <laughs> and I'm like, well, there's a big difference between five and 20. You know, so five minutes, I can maybe reel that in. But it, um, so and then when it got dark, you do the old thing, looking for the head torches. And I was looking ahead and looking behind. And I couldn't see any head torches. And then there was that part of me that goes, oh, maybe I'll just wait for the next runner. I'm so tired. I don't know if you guys have ever had that feeling. I was I was literally, I felt like sitting down on a rock and just waiting for whoever came next. And this is, but, you know, I'm glad I never did that. I didn't, I just, I kept moving forward as we do. There's battles that we go through in our own mind. But, um, yeah, it was a good race, good good place. And um, so, yeah, I am heading up for the um, the 100 mile there in May. And so that'll be, I'll finally put a, and then I've done the all but one distance up there. I've done the 50K, the 100K, and then I've ticked off the 100 mile for that, that, that area. And, um, come, but yeah. Great build up, mate. Like it looks like you had a great run at Big Easy as well. So, uh, yeah, congratulations yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, it was good. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful course. It was, it was a good run, but I, it was one of those things where I spent most of the day just going, wow, look at that, you know, wow, look at that. You know, the scenery was amazing and, um, yeah, good company. I, I never, the time went quickly, so it was good. Um, but yeah, we're pretty like Southern Hemisphere. You know, you just have, it's a, like a five hour trip and I'm in, you're in New Zealand. Here in South Australia, we've got some of the most diverse running terrain in, you know, I think, all around Adelaide, within within an hour of Adelaide, you can be on so many different types of trails, which yeah. is what I love. And, um, you know, you can go rugged, you can go sort of a bit more wide. I mean, we don't have the mountains, but, you know. Those um, rolling, you know, great preparation for, and it, and it stacks up. You look at the people that have run internationally here and some of the toughest events around the place and only trained locally, it stacks up. They do up. well. Rolling hills, it does. They, they're all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. In New Zealand, the race, the race I did, so um, the ultra easy, 100 k's with four and a half thousand meters of climbing. But all the climbing was in the last seven. The first 30 k's was flat, like completely flat. So all the climbing was in the last 70, and the hills were, even though they were massive, they were mountains. There was nothing as steep as what we have here, you know. Yeah. So the. the that I think that so that was a really interesting advantage. Like even just going on Black Hill, which is where I live, you know, the some of the climbs around here there are much steeper, you know, but they only go for one or two k's at the most. And um, so yeah, and I mean, you guys, I know we've sort of veered off course here, but it's interesting. You guys live in your own little trail running paradise now, don't you? Yeah. So while Sarah was doing amazing things in Canada, I had to forego the trip and yeah much of my pain and probably my young nephews <laughs> over there as well and 
had to get a house ready to sell and then yeah and do all the dealings on a 120 acres up out of Rockley and yeah off grid oh wow yeah so yeah. we had to tick over six months of off grid lifestyle yeah loving it like it's a yeah, it's, amazing it's a massive learning curve but yeah and we still so, are well established but it's it's happening. <laughs> Yeah, and so you, 120 acres, it's fairly big. And um, you're pretty close to the Heisen Trail? Uh, Heisen, not or, so much. Or... Kidman's about 1.7k one way, and the Lavender Ferrari, 1.3k the other. So. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, so you've got a little bit... The world is a lot bit closer to, uh, like, Fox Creek's only 45 minutes away. Uh, Kersbrook and Mount Crawford, all those are they're only an hour away. So yeah, Black Hills not that far away still. So yeah, all yeah. it's opened up new trails to us, and our old favourites are still yeah, not far away as well. And if we can't be bothered, or if there's fire bans and that, we can run around our own property and yeah. yeah. And you um and so you're I'm assuming you have you built or are you building a house on the property or uh, there's a house already on it. Yeah. You, okay. And you, um, yeah. And so living off grid. Look, I could I could talk for two hours about that that in itself, but I'm a bit like because I find it. Um, my my wife and I would love to do something like that one day, but maybe we have to wait till the kids are a bit older. Um, but you know, it, it's yeah. But I guess this is a, a trail a running. Time. Been looking for a long time. Anybody who knows me well, I know that I've been yeah. acting. And it's just getting that balance right of not overcapitalizing. Like it's got to, yeah, trying to lower my um, debt footprint, so yeah. to speak, sort of thing, you know. So, yeah, so I'm not so reliant on a full time gig, you know. Like let's try and, yeah, yes. if it became a part time thing, like we can still survive and, yeah, not so be driven by the man, you know, so to speak. So, yeah. It's, um, no, that's and it's good advice because I mean, and you get also time to do the things that you love doing, such as you know going out for little explorations and stuff and little running adventures, and um, so yeah, so that that's um, that's really good. So sorry, let's jump back just very quickly um, to your um, so Canadian. You did the Canadian Death Race, and I just love the names that they use for the, these races. Yeah. You know, it's like, it sounds like Mad Ma- something out of Mad Max, um, you know, and I'm assuming that's the, the, what they're going for. It's like, what, why do they call it that? Like, what is it? Is it, give us some, like, is it pretty isolated, brutal? Are you allowed to carry knives, you know, like, <laughs> and weapons, knuckle dusters? You're, you're in that country, you know, it's on the drive out, no, it, the same road that you go to Grand Cash is on your way to Alaska. Like it's in, you know, pretty wilderness back country. That's you know, like a grizzly country. It's brown bears. It's wolves. It's cougars. Like it's yeah. dense. So yeah. like you're exposed. The elements you're exposed to. It's it's yeah, death races. They just come up with a cool name. It, it works. Yeah, it is me. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I and love you- it. It's it's a great yeah. course. Um, it's a great community. Like we yeah. love those those small communities that embrace events, and there's just you just feel the love, and it's yeah, like the yeah. whole town. Like it's it's like a festival weekend for the town. That's that's the the whole uh, for it. It's yeah. yeah. That that's awesome. Yeah, and I mean like 
like I say, Canada is is sort of like in my mind is trail running heaven. You know, like it's where I would like to go um, and spend some time exploring. And I'm sure there's parts of it that aren't designed for aren't great for trail running. But the, the beautiful thing about trail running is you just have to go away from suburbia and there's, you'll find any trail, you know, like there's no rules. Yeah. But, um, and that's something that I, like it's, uh, you know, we worry about snakes and heat and that here and there, the completely different mindset, like the, yeah, just bears and cougars and wolves, like just making noise, you know, like we're so noisy, you have to, you just change the way you, you run and you prepare and, do stuff out there like it's just that yeah, it, it does your head into initially once you get into a system with being vocal on that then it's okay you can settle into it but it generally takes me a couple of weeks to really settle into it yeah you just have to yeah. rhythm yeah like, you get, it, it's weird because like here when we run we're running looking at the ground for snakes whereas there you need to run yeah. looking for bears and you need to be calling out regularly to make noise. So if there is anything, you scare it off. <laughs> so I just call out it's Sarah all the time, and if you come across uh, other people and that sort of thing, then I just go, oh, I'm looking for Sarah. Like, it, just, it doesn't make, <laughs> look like you're scared of bears or anything, you know? Like it's... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I mean, I don't know, like, when I go running now, um, even in summer, I'm probably a little bit complacent about snakes. And I... Um, in the last sort of four years, I've only seen one snake, and um, and it wasn't even it was just on the path, it wasn't even on the um, it wasn't even on a trail, and so maybe I'm blind, but I haven't been bitten and touch wood. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they're more but, scared of us, mate. So yeah, I, I mean I yeah. saw some Oscars. So <laughs> oh really? Yeah. That's but yeah. So what's what's more intimidating, bears or snakes? Probably, I, I feel like bears would be more. Of a, I'd be a little bit more concerned about them. Cougars scare me more, but I've never seen one. But when you see the first one, it means it's probably got you. <laughs> I always say if I if I get bit by a snake, I can bandage it and call for help, and you know, hopefully survive. If you get bitten by a bear, game over. <laughs> Uh, unless you're Leonardo DiCaprio from The Revenant. Have you seen that <laughs> movie? <laughs> they're intimidating, but they're, they're very much like snakes. Like They're scared of you more, yeah. like, especially the brown bears. It's more yeah. if you're in territory um, or you surprise them, like anything really, like uh, they don't like it. But if you make enough noise and they've got plenty of notice, like they'll, they'll yeah. run away from you. Like, the first one I saw on a trail, like he was massive, and he just looked at me, and then he sort of done a double take. And then started holding like that's a human, oh no, you know. Oh like, wow, the real moment. <laughs> so it would have been funny if you ran the other direction as well, like you run running away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I um, yeah, I don't know. That's, it would be. I can imagine it would take an adjustment and a half. You know, that's one of the things that I loved about running in New Zealand. There's no snakes and there's just no predators whatsoever. So um. You're just running along, and there's rabbits and stuff all around, and you'd hear something rustling in the bushes, and you'd be like, snake? And then you see this cute, this cute little bunny rabbit. I mean, <laughs> obviously, they're just, they're, there's millions of them. But, um, yeah, so, no, it was um, – so that's another thing that's great about running in New Zealand. But, you know, you've got to keep – I think one thing about trail running in general is you've got to keep your wits about you, you know, and that's what, another thing I think that going back to what we were talking about before – 
is um, having that uh, that primal. There's something real primal about being out in the bush and just and you know you can't just you can't just fully switch off. Like you're concentrating yeah. on what's going on around you, and uh, you don't want to go to sleep, so to speak. You know, like yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's probably the thing I like the most. If I if you could sum it up. Uh, there's, I mean, I, I know you both kind of already did, but in, maybe we'll, we'll go again. The number one, sometimes I ask people what, what would you prefer, road or trail. I'm not even going to bother asking that question because I know the answer. Um, but if, I would, maybe if you could both sum up what you love most about running the trails together. What do you reckon? That's a tough question. Yeah. I, I, I like sharing the experience. Like, like, so we'll go somewhere and share it, but, but we do it in our own different way. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, like pretty quickly, like sort of when we coupled up here and we were running events and all that sort of thing, we sort of got compared a lot sort of thing. So those comparisons, it's a strong yeah. Way faster than me, and you know, oh, racing events and racing terrain that I'm quicker on than you. But you know, like for people, and then they're just they yeah. kept on on about it sort of thing. So I like trails, and I like quirky events, or, or going in the state, and people don't quite know us. They're starting to cotton on now, and we're starting to cop a bit over there. So I'm going to have to leave Victoria alone for a while, maybe. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I love yeah. my Victoria. <laughs> There's a whole world out there, Robbie. You can just go and start. Yeah, but doing it in our own way. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and experience it, and then like we'd cross paths and just go, oh my god, did you go there? Or you got to go over here, sort of thing, and try this out. Oh, this is amazing, you know. Like when yeah. we first time we went into like Kersbrook and Mount Crawford, and uh, like we just we went running together, but we crossed each other's paths so many times, and we're just like you know, kids in a candy shop, sort of thing. It was just like, yeah. this is amazing. We're just like vibrating, like I can't pick which trail to go down first. There's so many, and we'd see each other, and he'd be like, "Go down this one," and I'd be like, "Go down that one." <laughs> yeah. So I'd say, sure. and uh, yeah, and we've got great memories from uh, some of the trails that we've done so far, and some of the things that we've done, like the hike weeks that we've done in Canada, and yeah, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's neat because it's just um, oh, like even if we do like we just did the Archies, we just both did the same event but we both have completely different experiences from it. We both, um, you know, so when we yeah. come back together after, um, and talk about we, it. We, yeah, we share and, um, you know, I met this person and did this and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's really neat to, um, that you, that you can do the exact same thing. Like essentially we've done the exact same thing, but we've done completely different things as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. We, so we're sharing the experience, but we're sharing it in different ways. And I think for us anyways, it, it's it's exciting for me to share. This happened to me while I was out running. Um, and then he shares the same thing. Yeah. It's um, it's a sort of a thing that I, a theme in trail running. And when you're at the finish line of a race and, you know, there's, a, there's, this, there's this shared experience, but there's a thousand different perspectives when you're at the, yeah. you know. And so... Yeah, I guess, and it's great that you can share it with, you know, your significant if, other. If someone um, as your spouse that, like, totally gets it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I can share, you know, what happened at the, you know, just even out for a Saturday morning run. And, you know, he, he, he gets it because he's got yeah different, you know. 
Yeah, and um, got their own story and uh, yeah, having the opportunity to share in other people's stories and know why they're there and their journeys. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Right. It, it is cool. And so you, you, you... I'll just quickly share this one because this was yeah. Yeah, young lad, he'd only ran, oh, I think his longest was 24K, so he signed up for 55K, pretty gnarly territory, and that big unit, like he's bigger than me, like uh, yeah. muscular, really yeah, lean muscle, but huge lad. And, uh, and he's telling these stories, we're bombing down four mile, um, that he's, uh, oh, he's, he was a recovering alcoholic, and uh, he'd only given up the juice oh, maybe four months ago, and he'd gone yeah. cold on it. And here he is running in his first ultra, and he'd done it like uh, yeah, and finished really strongly. And yeah, but just just crossing paths with him throughout the day, and just sharing some advice, and just seeing how he took it. And yeah, it was yeah, that no, was just sharing those sort of things. Yeah, that was pretty special. But uh, that's yeah. awesome. And you, you like you exchange life stories. That's one of the things I love as well. When you're running with someone, you, you, yeah, you, there's a bond, an unbreakable bond that can occur in a race with people. You, you know, you meet complete strangers, and then by the end of it, you're friends for life. You know, and um, exactly. it sounds like you, yeah. Well, in your case, you know, you guys are uh, partners for life, and so that's, <laughs> and that's um, that's even better. Um, just very quickly, because I haven't actually asked you in, in about it but you your wedding so you guys as i said at the beginning of of the chat uh got married on the trails and that's i mean for people who don't so who don't know so oscar's heart to heart i mean if they listened to the episode last week um where i which um chris ord told us all about oscar's heart to heart so it's a special community you guys got married why did you do it that way? Why did you get married on the trails? And how did it happen? Well, the Oscars family basically planted the seed and it, it sounded like a great idea. And yeah, like we we're, were engaged. We were getting pressure. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the pressure was, yeah, a lot of people were kept on asking when's it going to happen and all that sort of thing. So the timing of it was when... Uh, was it Chris or Simon dropped the bomb sort of thing, like the suggestion, then it was like, well, yeah, that's not a stupid idea. Like, we didn't want a big gig. It was yeah, like we wanted to get gig. married, but it's like we're not exactly the people who are going to rent a, uh, a hall or whatever and have a big wedding. <laughs> that's just not how we are. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, kind of perfect for us. And um, Oscar's... Um, Hut to Hut and Oscars 100 kind of hold a special place in our heart um, just because it's a, like, yeah, it's a good foundation and a very good uh, family unit um, that they've created. And yeah, it's such a passionate event as well. Like crossing the finish line there is really special. Like it's a, it's right up there in some of the, the best like overall experiences sort of thing. Like, out yeah. on the track, like at the aid stations, like the really well supported by like four-wheel drive clubs, like different four-wheel drive clubs. and Yeah, yeah fantastic. The people on that, and they, and they love it because they're just coming from completely different backgrounds. Like, we don't understand their world. They don't understand ours, but it just works. They just ask you all the stupid questions, and we ask the same things. And, like, it's, we've created a really good bond, actually, with some of the four-wheel drivers out there. And, 
so yeah, yeah. So, so then the Oscars family, that like uh, Andy, Michelle, and Chris, and Simon, they all were Celeste. They, yeah, they wanted to change it up a little bit, sort of thing. They said, you know, like, we want to get you married at Mount Spec, but then they were looking at the logistics of it and they're going, I don't know if that's a great idea. And so they were coming up with alternatives, and it was, yeah. So I spoke to her, my mate Lizzie, and this is what they're saying. And she goes, Well, what do you want? And I said, well, I want to get married at Mount Spec. <laughs> so well, you tell yeah. them. <laughs> so we did, and we pushed back, and, and and yeah, they they made it happen, and the four-wheel drivers helped get uh, Sarah's parents as close as possible, and they still had the hike yeah. up to the deck. Yeah, I couldn't believe yeah, it. My it was parents awesome. take that there. It's unbelievable. Yeah, wow. But it and, made it and, yeah. yeah, and so Mount Speculation, how far is that into the race or into the course? Sixty-seven. Ah, uh, sixty. Yeah. 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 Um, the first day, I hiked with our friends Leela and Lizzie, and we camped out at Lovett's Hut, which is at the thirty-eight kilometer mark. And then yeah. we got on day two, and we hiked to Mount Spec, which was the sixty-kilometer mark. And we we stopped and got married, and then carried on <laughs> hiking yeah. at that day. So on my wedding day, I hiked uh sixty-two kilometers, I think, and I had yeah. a big Potato for, for my wedding dinner. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's such a, I love it. It's the most unique wedding story I've ever heard. And I, I think there's not many people who can top that. And I know, and look, it, and it totally fits in with, you know, like your, who you people are. You know, you, you are, that's your family. That's your community. And like, you've got the, the backdrop, an incredible backdrop. I've seen the photos, you know, of you guys. You've got this amazing scenery in the background, and you just, I, I like, I think, I, I, and I just love that you, um, you did it your way, you know, to quote, a, a, to sort of semi quote a, uh, a certain singer, uh, you know, with a celebrant with a Technicolor <laughs> jacket, like, that was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, weddings are supposed to be a celebration, you know, they, they're not meant to be a somber affair. It's not a funeral, you know. Yeah. So, and you should, you're surrounded by people, the people that you you love, and and you're, it's yeah, it's awesome. I'm 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 somewhat jealous. It was really neat because I didn't know if my parents would be able to actually get to the wedding location and uh, yeah, and that, but it was kind of like oh, you know, like oh, we'll see them after, which is fine. You know, it was more important that me and Robbie are there because our wedding's for us, kind of thing. So we wanted yeah. to do what we what we wanted to do. Um, and it was really neat when I hiked up with Leela and Lizzie and we come over the edge and I'm not stuck and we can see people and uh, <laughs> uh, like it was just really cool because Celeste was there and she said, oh, do you want me to braid your hair? And I was like, oh, yeah, I get to get my hair done on my wedding day. <laughs> That's amazing. So good. Yeah. What a good that, spin. Simon, um, the celebrant, like he said, your mom and dad are on their way hiking up here. And they were coming um, with another uh, friend, Shane, was hiking up with them. And it was just, it was really neat that it, because we were, when I was going there, I was expecting Simon, Robbie, and then Leela and Lizzie. So it was just really neat to get there. And my parents were actually there. And Celeste was there. And Shane was there. And um, a couple other hikers had, who were hiking the event had stopped as well. And yeah, it was really it was it was perfect. It was it was more yeah. than than we ever expected. Weather yeah. was perfect as well. Like <laughs> that worked out all right. <laughs> yeah, 
I get the feeling it wouldn't have mattered if the weather wasn't perfect. You just would have made the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there were, if there was rain, you would have probably danced in the rain. Uh, yeah, you know. So I mean, yeah, what an awesome um, wedding story, and you'll be able to tell that for years and years to come. And like, just um, yeah. So I, I mean, like I say, I my wedding day was very far more normal. We got married in a in a, in a golf club, and we if there was a band. Everyone got drunk and danced. It was fun, but, <laughs> I, I, but yours um, sounds uh, more fun and fits in with your lifestyle. So, you know, so you, you guys, you could go into the wedding planning business. I think there's a real niche market there. You could planning uh, trail weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's classic. Yeah. Well, it's um, probably it's probably a, a, a good time to um, to – to wrap it up there because we've I've kept you on the on the line for quite a while now and I really appreciate you guys sharing the um sharing your little your journeys and and um and how you and your wedding and I I look forward to catching up with you both out on the trails soon are you are either of you doing any of the local events like um uh, what's coming up the local Adelaide events like Five Peaks or anything else yeah I think. I'm looking at five peaks because I need to do long training runs to a hundred miler. So I'm kind of, yeah. I'm just kind of looking at what's local and, you know, don't have to pay for travel and time off work to get to and that kind of thing. So five peaks is probably on the radar. Um, yeah. Maybe Cleveland 50. We'll see, but yeah, we'll be around. I'm oh, still on cool. for the build now sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. So, I'll see where everything fits in, and if I can sneak an event in, I think events are uh, definitely good to have in your training. Like it's just a different intensity, so yeah, um, be good to have a couple of those, especially going into some events that have got some cutoffs, tight cutoffs. So yeah, I'd, yeah, uh, I'd like to sneak a few local ones in, sort of shied away from it a little bit, and uh, yeah, I definitely need to get back out there, and yeah, because yeah, it's like a reunion every time we catch up. And see yeah. You. So, yeah, there's a lot of people that I've sort of been talking to offline that I've never met that are here that send me, um, you know, send me, uh, uh, files and that sort of thing to, oh, you should go and run here. Like Gary Boyce, I never met, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. they're always sharing stuff with me and inviting me to stuff. And so, yeah, ran into his mate, Keen Sparks, he done the Archie as well. Uh, yep. yeah, so, no, Keen very uh, well. Yeah, so it's good to touch base with those guys. And yeah, if I'd done more events, I'd, meet more of them and yeah, grow the family, so to speak, locally, because, yeah, we've got some great people, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Died away from it for, yeah, reasons I spoke about before, but I think it's time to, yeah, sneak back yeah. in there. Exactly. You're, you've got, you've got to go and show your face. It's good. It's good. I'm, I, um, we've got a, we do have a good community here and we've, and we've got to, you've got to keep it alive. And you guys, I mean, when you look at how much the trail running, trail running has grown here, in recent years, especially here in Adelaide, um, you know, like there's so many new faces on the scene now. So you, you really, um, you guys, I mean, even in the last five years, it's a totally different scene to what it was. And I think that's not, a, it's, it's a, I think there's a lot of good things that come with that, but it, it can be when you've been doing it for a while, it's sort of a bit, it feels a bit weird. You know, it's like, who are all these people? This is my, this is my trails, this is my event. You know, <laughs> you know, there's like this territorial um, thing, but um, no, it's well, definitely good. 
bit as yeah. well, though. So I, I think as it got so popular, it's sort of, oh, well, I'll be over here and yeah. I'll do this I'm, stuff. I'm a bit introverted, <laughs> so when yeah. a, it's got a crowded start line, it's just kind of anxiety-provoking. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I, I agree there. <laughs> and I personally, I don't race as like last year I didn't race that much at all and um but this year I intend to race more often locally and also I'd like to do a few more races and just get a bit more involved in some of the the shorter events as well because I think they're a good they're good good tune up races you know some of the uh the winter series with the tra- with trail running SA I, I I sort of shy away from them because they're so fast sometimes, you know, like some really fast young guys in those races. And you just, I just feel, I feel like a sloth compared to some of them, you know, like, and, um, you just, it's so hard to get over that feeling of, um, yeah, you know, it's a different, like the sub ultra distance, you know, when you're going into like, you know, 25 kilometers, it's basically a sprint for some of these guys, you know, and, um, when Kazoo and I ran that hyphen 37, that was something. Yeah. I don't know how to run a 37 kilometer race. <laughs> yeah. It's cuz it's not I mean it's not a sprint. It's still a long way. But yeah. like it it's still if you go out too hard you can still have a a rough few kilometers in the back end of the race. So yeah. yeah it, it's it is good like to, an 800 or a 1500. <laughs> oh man. I I I'd rather run an ultra than a than a 15 1500 meters or 800 painful distance. But yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, I'm going to, I think we'll wrap this podcast up right here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, mate. I always love talking to you, lady. So, uh, yeah, look forward to catching up again. Cheers, guys.